Welcome back to One Shot, One Quill Nightly News. We now go live in the field to our uh, co-host, Ben Morrison. Ben, what can you tell us at the scene of the crime? Yeah, uh, Spencer, I'm looking here and uh, police have told me that this is a podcast in which you and I, the hosts, take listener suggestions of an item and a premise for a tabletop RPG one-shot, and then we mission mash them together and create something new and usable, maybe. Uh, it's a real grisly scene here. Scary stuff, scary stuff. We hope you're staying safe out there, and uh, uh, we are getting reports there have been no survivors. Uh, including me. We miss you dearly. Uh, that concludes our seance for this week's Nightly News. <laughs> Thank you for choosing One Shot, One Quill. Uh, Osak Knightley. That's, that would have been good. <laughs> I want to get it right out of the gate, and don't go for Osak. I, th I say Osak to myself when referring to the show pretty frequently. Mm. Um, thank you all for joining us this week. Uh, we have... I like uh, one we, we have a list of Man, I almost got the show going. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to run that by me one more time. Unslunk? One Slunk. As in one, one S, one Q. One's wonk. One's wonk. <clears throat> well, we have, uh, we have ten items for one's wonk this All week. Right. Can you just, uh, you just want to make that happen? Yeah. Uh, is this the once or the wonk? <sighs> Ooh, deep breath, Spencer. Uh, an eight. <laughs> A frog named Jebediah. When fed, he provides the bardic Song of Rest feature for any short rest taken soon after. Jebediah can speak, but can only say his name. Thank you, Brittany. I don't know what you're waiting for from me. Jebediah's a frog. No, I, I get that. I'm, I'm trying to... Sweet, a sweet nap. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I assume this is going to go to Princess Frog direction. Hey, Oh, the, only the next item and premise will tell. You're right. Um, well, next premise. I, we've gone out of order, I just realized. We oh. did the items first. Oh, well, this one is all wonky. We're doing a premise now. Okay, let's do it. So we're going to do item, premise, item. <laughs> all right. All right, what's the what's the premise? Uh, we've got a six for premise. Okay. Uh, the city has a zoo filled with wondrous and dangerous creatures brought from far places. Just recently, some of the creatures escaped, and now there is a royal reward for recovering the rare animals unharmed. How can this be done? I like I like this premise as a, as a rhetorical question at the end. How can this be done? How can we do this? So we've instantly... I mean, I was very confused on how we were going to make Jebediah the talking frog into a quest, but just... Right he here, right so now. Well. Yeah. He's like the missing puzzle piece. It's He's a perfect match. Uh, now let's bounce it back to the items and <laughs> hope we get the other perfect item. So we do one shot, one quill now. We, we go item, premise, item, or item, item, premise. Actually, we should do an item, item, premise one now that I say it. That could be a fun, you know, here are I the think items. I it changes up how you think of it. Yeah. It definitely does. Uh, our last item will be a six. A six. Okay. Um, this this one's uh, frankly tragic in the context of this adventure, but a vorpal sling <laughs> on, on a critical hit, this item instantly explodes the head of the target. <laughs> <laughs> this that was from Brittany, and that's that that came from a 
We were talking about the the Vorpal sword item, which mm. does the same thing. If you roll a twenty against a a nat twenty against a creature that has a head, you just instantly cut off. Yeah. That head. Um. Now I thought we we thought wouldn't it be fun if you just did that with a sling and it was just a gun? I I got to be honest, Vorpal sling in any other campaign is real fun. In, it is because it, it takes such a shitty weapon, and I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there on the chopping block. I'm sorry, s- sling fans. But uh, yeah, it's, it takes a real shitty weapon and and gives you like a five percent chance that it's gonna be really cool. But in this one, um, I'm real worried about. It's just gonna be used to blow up the heads of some animals. That's what some yeah, cool fantasy animals. <laughs> It's it's gonna be kind of that break glass in case of emergency. Like, oh no, we turns out we probably can't save everyone from the uh, the chud zoo. Okay, <laughs> and, and it's I I've gotta ask this because this yeah. thought has just popped into my mind. You get uh, some sort of chimera, like you know, head of a lion, wings of a bat, tail that's a snake. But whatever, be Arthur. But whenever you see these, like, the tail always also has a head. It's just the front of a snake instead of the back of a snake, because that's how they always work for some reason. Uh, Which head explodes? This seems just morbid, (laughs) but it feels... I mean, multi-headed creatures are abundant in fantasy. They are. And I feel like with the, uh, like, the manticore... No, manticore doesn't have multiple, but the chimera. If you were to... I almost want to say the stat block has different attacks based on which animal is doing it. I think you would like roll a d4 or something and like blow up whichever head. Mm. But we're also thinking of this in the context of putting down the animals. And I think that's uh, I think that's tragic. Maybe, maybe in this zoo, there's also like poachers who are out to to grab. This is their chance. They're going to shoot up the animals and like cart off the corpses to the black Spencer. market or something. Spitzer, are you gonna try to uh, shoo in your old <laughs> that old story? Yes, the most original <laughs> premise for a show I'd ever. It was gonna be an AMC original in college. Yeah, it was called the Poacher Poacher. Uh, it was. It was. Yeah, it was great. It would have been great. It was one of my many ideas about the blank blanker. <laughs> I've, I've thought of that same hackneyed premise like a million times. The chimney um, sweep sweeper. <laughs> We don't talk. You told me you wouldn't. That was in confidence, but I never mailed that to myself. Now someone's going to go steal that. That's for the best. Um, But yeah, maybe there's other creative uses for the Vorpal Sling. Maybe there's uh, Hydra. No, that would actually be a shitty use for the Sling. What are some other details we need to establish about this scenario here? So roll, roll the premise back at me again. Yeah, yeah, it was. I can't a, remember it because it was in the middle of two items. A a city has a zoo filled with wondrous and dangerous mm-hmm. creatures brought from far places. Just recently, some of the creatures escaped, and now there's a royal reward for recovering the rare animals unharmed. Uh, okay. Can this be done? So it's y- very important that I get the rhetorical. You effect. you absolutely cannot use the vorpal sling then. That that's because then you well, don't that's get, how the you get the reward. reward. True. 
But you may also be, society may frown upon you if you fail to save a crowd of people that are about to be eaten by an exotic creature. Maybe, I feel like there's going to be a, you forsake the reward for the for the moral high ground, maybe. Maybe that is the, you know, the crux of this one shot is every single animal that you come across. There is, and I mean, it's D&D or any sort of tabletop RPG, so you have options but maybe the whole thing is that you're kind of presenting this well. There's a dragon, um, and if you climb up the tower while the dragon's chasing people, you can drop a big net on the dragon, but people will die. Or you can kill the dragon and save everybody, but then you'll but lose risk the reward. Dying yourself. Oh, that's true. You're or also risk losing dying yourself. That tr that too. That too. Maybe no, dragon wasn't the best. Uh, <laughs> Best no, but I, I, I think there's a there's a good idea here though, um, which yeah we need to develop like a a good guy bad guy scenario or I guess a kill the animal save the animal scenario something like that something where you got you got options for how to deal with each one of them. So you suggest a dragon tower with the net mech uh, mech up there. I like that. You could, that could also apply to a chimera. That could be uh uh a manticore anything that really flies honestly well for that. i i don't think it would work for a dragon i think for a dragon you've got to drop a big ass stone on it and just knock it out you're not gonna kill a dragon by dropping a big ass stone on it but you might knock it out for a few minutes or yeah like maybe maybe there's like a a, a tower like a watchtower that has gargoyles that are like mm -hmm. you can tell are rubbles being knocked from the tower every time this thing stamps its foot so you you can tell there's a fissure one of those gargoyles will easily come down on it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that'd be that'd be that'd be really clever. What if we had, uh, say, it's like a city with a canal. There's like a Venetian riverboat tour going, and some kind of like behemoth or some serpentine fish fish creature, mm -hmm. some aquatic creature is is at risk of getting to them. Um, what are some What are some scenarios we got there? Like maybe you could. Maybe you can drop some kind of uh, river portcullis that, like, boxes it in. I, I was something. thinking, you know, if we're going with this, uh, if we're going with this premise where it, like, the intended solutions are either you piss everyone off and save the thing, or you don't piss everyone off and kill the thing. I think maybe it's like there's a bridge that you can collapse or like a dam you can close or something, but then we're, we have a very Superman approach to saving the city. Yeah, well, <laughs> I could save that riverboat tour <laughs> if I just destroy the levee. <laughs> but you know, like drain the river or block off the river or something—that's going to be a huge deal for anyone living here. But could also right, let right. you trap whatever this. Uh, why can neither of us think of? A siren. No, the yeah, those those are under <laughs> sirens. No, sirens could count. They fly. Uh, uh, no, no, you're thinking of harpies. Harpies oh, fly. Sirens don't. You're right. Siren. Siren would work for that then. Siren would work. A I don't know some kind of salguin. Uh, you you ran Ghost of Saltmarsh. What what are some fun aquatic creatures that aren't uh, size giant octopus? Oh, um, small octopus. <laughs> a small giant octopus. Maybe a baby dragon turtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. Segway. What if we do a basilisk? Okay. Basilisk encounter has a lot of room for creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh so so there there's a scenario where we could put a lot of people at risk, but it would be very easy to catch it. Uh what about 
Hang on, are basilisks immune to their own their own thing? I Is that a thing? Think so. But it does say in petrifying gaze at the last line, if the basilisk sees its reflection within thirty feet of it in bright light, it mistakes itself for a rival and targets itself with its gaze. I, I guess a bat. I mean, if it's specifically mentioned there, then I would say that it would work. If we if we've established that a basilisk can hurt itself, it can petrify itself with its own reflection within thirty feet and in bright light. What if the make everyone mad but capture the creature strat is to petrify itself for easy capture? Because you mm-hmm. can undo it. If you give it a greater restoration, you can undo it. Um, what if your your solution is to bull in a china shop it into a am, circus to uh, get it into the Hall of Mirrors? Oh, I was thinking a mirror shop, but yours is sillier. <laughs> <laughs> and it pisses off all... everyone. No one's sad if one mirror shop goes out. Mm-hmm. Everyone's pissed if the carnival just got ruined. <laughs> Or alternatively, you can try and fight the basilisk. Like you can, you can take it into I don't know a dark alleyway or something where you can't see it, or or you just blind fight it the way you normally do. What else? Mere what's shoes. another? What's another monster with a lot of of creativity room? I mean, we said it earlier. There's like harp. Well, but harp. No, I was thinking of sirens, wasn't I? Like the singing ones. Yeah, sirens are the ones that kind of dwell in water and stuff, and they sing you, I sing mean, you over. Sirens seem like a interesting one for this. Okay, so if we didn't use the siren in that in the city dam, I'm wondering what. Uh, maybe the siren has like got, made a run for the brothel. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, I don't know why I just mistook it for a succubus. <laughs> hey, isn't this well? Okay, in a sailor's context. Sirens and succubi are kind of the same thing. Yeah, except they're all for... sexy and they lure you in and then they kill you. <laughs> okay, so maybe it heads for the dock brothels. I don't know what a... you would do with a siren that would piss people off to capture it, though. So if you're your way to handle a siren is to deafen, right? Mm-hmm. So what if what if your means of of fighting it or like saving people from it is to rather than make everyone unable to like it, make everything super quiet, you overwhelm them with a stupid amount of noise. So like oh. you deafen part of the city by like over I don't know, there's like a a bell smithy or something and like ringing it this close is going to deafen a bunch of people in the lower districts but like hey you also, the siren can't get you because you can't hear it. Yeah, I like that. Alternatively, you could just cast silence on it. But, you know, that's not fun. Alternatively, um, you could uh, polymorph everyone into a woman. <laughs> you can also maybe, like, cut a... I feel like a good trap mechanism would be to cut a, like, treasured bell. Because a bell is more or less a suitable cage if mm. it falls directly. Like, a giant bell falls on something. So maybe there's a big, big bell that hangs over, like, Town Square high up, and if you can cut it free, it'll drop down to the center of town. It destroys the stonework of Town Square, it breaks the bell, but it's a suitable cage to trap something for a minute. Like, maybe that's another good way to piss someone off. That's a good one. Um, I do feel like we need to work Jebediah in here. Yes, Jebediah is... uh, I think Jebediah is kind of a friend. I feel like we need to work both... Honestly, both Jebediah and the Vorpal Sling in here. Oh, man. Uh, Jebediah, um, if I had to 
I'm thinking Jebediah is just like the one that you find, and Jebediah is, as we said, this prince who has been turned into a frog. Uh, and he knows where all of the animals have gone. And <laughs> unfortunately, Jebediah can speak, but it's only his name. Well, He's a Pokemon. He... Well, but there you go. You've got to either convince him somehow to lead you to him, or if you give him a kiss, he'll turn back into a prince. And when he's a prince, he can lead you to him. <laughs> hang on, hang on. With the name Jebediah, he turns back into a prince, or he turns back into like a father of ten with a with a long chin beard. Uh, <laughs> Spencer, why not both? Yeah. Thank you, Amish prince. <laughs> A Mennonite. He turns back into a Mennonite. And he helps you build a deck. <laughs> oh, uh, this, this has legs. I'm trying to think of something that the Vorpal Sling can be like a creative solution. But I'm also thinking the Vorpal Sling really could be like a... You can either use it against the poachers. The, maybe the poachers are wielding it. Mm. And you have to, you, you know... That's why they're such a high high risk. Um, you know, like, you're kind of racing to... Because normally bandits aren't a substantial threat in, like, any really mm -hmm. low-level encounter. But if you've got some of them equipped with oh, that's a, actually a thing good. that's a 5% chance to kill, that's a big... Then it's a race against the clock. The, the Vorpal Sling's use is just... Some of or all of the poachers and bandits have Vorpal Slings as sort of last resorts if they think you're going to get the animals first. Yeah, I'm thinking so that that could be that could be clever. Then you have a recurring fight element one way or another. It's like even if you're trying to kill it or save people, you're kind of always going to have an adversarial uh, uh, approach. Mm -hmm. You can always incorporate some kind of combat, especially if you're like trying to climb that tower and you got you know poachers racing up after you trying to vorpal sling your fucking head off I guess. <laughs> this is really just a gun brigade they have guns is what See, these are i was thinking i was thinking alternatively you've got you know a couple big encounters that there are no poachers at it's just you and the monster and then you've got other encounters that are like a talking donkey that have already been caught by the poachers and your goal in there is to get rid of all of the poachers before they can Vorpal Sling the magical creature to death. Which they're yeah, not going to like they do. Know you don't want it if it's dead. They're not going to do unless they think they're going to lose. Exactly. That's their, that's their bargaining chip. Mm. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, and anything else we want to flesh out on Jebediah? Like... Maybe he's, maybe one of the head zookeepers is like, oh, Jebediah, he was, maybe, we've all been to a zoo, and there's like the one, there's the animal that uh, is is a real renegade, he, he's always, he doesn't really even have an exhibit, it more or less visits everyone else's exhibit. At the St. Louis Zoo, it's the peacocks. Mm -hmm. They just, they're just kind of there to walk around and explore <laughs> the zoo as a fellow patron. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe one of the head zookeepers is like, oh, that's Jebediah. He knows all the he knows all the animals, and he's gonna be able to help you find them. Like, mm. you know, may, maybe that's maybe that's what he's useful for. Um, 
As for his short rest uh, mechanic, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be useful in such a time-sensitive encounter. What was his short rest mechanic? Oh, so, he, so he's got the bard thing. Him. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he sings you a little, little song, and you you get a like an extra hit die off short rests. I mean, I I'm not gonna come up with it, but I'm guessing you can come up with some use of the short rest song in relation to some D and D monster. Maybe you can also, I guess, change it up a little bit. Uh, you can maybe have it be that if you feed Jebediah, he's able to uh, uh, use the healer feat with his little song. Like it just it, mm. you know. In like ten minutes, it's able to patch you up. He can cast something restoration. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, of course, Jebediah can cast greater restoration when given food. <laughs> I don't see any way that that gets out of control quickly. <laughs> Jebediah would be in the hands of like some holy warriors at that rate. <laughs> well, but you're the first ones who find Jebediah. Oh, I see. I see. Oh no. The Knights Templar are after Jebediah. <laughs> Nobody's fed Jebediah up until now. And then you feed him, and then everyone's like, holy shit, we need to get this frog. All right. Um, I I think now is the time we jump to the names. Yeah. Um, and if I may, Fantastic Beasts and uh, where to find them. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the Poacher Poacher. <laughs> <laughs> uh i would sue you if we did that one that's so, fair uh how, how do we feel about fantastic beasts is there a better iteration of that um, fantastic beasts and uh how not to kill them fantastic beasts and how to get them back into your zoo fantastic beasts and how to retrieve them <laughs> <laughs> fantastic beasts fantastic. and don't let them get killed by that sling fantastic beasts and how to catch them all <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get sued by two different companies <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, we appreciate it as always apologies for the audio quality on this one I did just realize here at the end of the episode that I didn't have my pop filter <laughs> because I'm a professional that's going to sound great I'm sure no, wonderful. I I had so many opportunities to realize uh, that there were little bricks in the recording oh, uh, all no. throughout yeah no I was uh. just I'm very present as you can tell um, I have to turn my fan off when we record these, and it shows. Yeah. It shows. Uh, we want to thank the people, uh, particularly those of you that have rated and reviewed us already. That is a massive help. We encourage people to do that if you haven't already. Uh, do that on iTunes. It's a huge help. Um, thank you to everyone who has sent in suggestions. Ben, how can people do that? Yeah, if people would like to do that, such as the Vorpal Sword or a frog named Jebediah, uh, they can do that by contacting us on Twitter at dndpod. That is dndpod. Uh, oh, we should also uh, we should throw out a thanks to kasoon.com uh, and Bacob's Blessed Blog, both places where we've uh, pulled some some extra items and quest prompt not items but extra quest prompts uh, to kind of pad out our lists. Um, yeah, our theme song. Who did that, Ben? Uh, it's Alitaver del Guliere by Morgan the Bard. Is that guy still alive? Spencer, he's Italian. And I, I know we're oh. 20, 23 episodes in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. I've been just saying it. <laughs> I thought you were going to pivot full steam ahead. Is he still alive? Well, he's Italian. Anyway, thanks for reviewing us. And, uh, yeah. It is, did you know that 100% of uh, people who are Italian uh, eventually die? Did you know that 100% of people who are Italian want us to redo this one? 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> Again. We already redid this one once. <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs>